0: Hey, this is Tyler Johnson, pastor of Mission Church, located in Walnut Creek, California. I wanna say thank you for tuning in. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you live the life God called you to live. Enjoy. Hey, well, greetings, Mission Church. Dave Patterson here from the Father's House, and I'm honored to be with you and bring the Word. Uh, First off, I just got to say how much I love your pastors. We love Tyler and Rachel. They are just amazing, aren't they? Come on, let's give it up for them, can we? Even if you're on the couch, I know it's a little awkward, but show them some love. You know, I'm thinking God's going to do something great in Walnut Creek and East Bay because through your church, because he's brought you such high level leaders. And uh, so we love Tyler and Rachel and we're believing God for your best year coming up. Uh, I know we've all been separated and locked down and all that we've gone through this crazy 2020. But listen, there's there's a move of God coming and you guys are in the right place at the right time. And also the Father's House, man, we're glad to be partnered with you. Uh, We have an East Bay Campus and Concord. You guys are in Walnut Creek and together with some other great churches, we're going to make an impact in Contra Costa County for the glory of God. Amen. Well, hey, I want to talk to you for a few minutes around this idea, the mobilized church and the church taking action and moving out and getting mobilized. The big idea is this, the church is only effective when it's in motion, when it's taking ground, reaching new people, going to new nations, getting some stuff done when it's mobilized. Same thing with a believer. We're only effective when we are mobilized. Yeah, there's a time to be still and know that He's God, but the Word is very clear. to move forward in faith. And I've noticed something this last six months of the COVID lockdown and the quarantines and the orders and mandates to stay at home and isolation, that it's gone from the physical and it's actually got into people's souls and into their spirits, Uh, immobilization, and even a sense of spiritual paralysis. And so I want to speak to that today. And I believe the Holy Spirit's going to speak to you. Let me just pray as we jump in. Holy Spirit, I pray for Mission Church. I pray for this amazing community of believers. And I ask that you would make this personal and speak to each heart in the next few minutes in Jesus' great name. Well, here's the deal. It's coming up on your screen. Faith always moves forward. It doesn't draw back. Faith always takes new ground. A healthy church is a mobilized church and a healthy believer is a mobilized believer. Now, we would see the, the opposite and antithesis would, of this would be true as well. If you study historically uh, nations and societies that have turned from God, went into idolatry and decayed, here's what you'll find. The church is no longer mobile. They're, they're hunkered down behind their stained glass or sheltered into their synagogues, just taking care of a few people of the faith and, and they failed to get out and move. So, so God wants to move us forward. And as we consider a pattern in the Word of God, it becomes very clear. I mean, if you think about the Great Commission, we know it uh, in uh, Matthew 28, as some of Jesus' final words, He said this, He said, "...all authority is given to me. Therefore, I'm telling you to go into all the world. Therefore, go into all the world and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And I will be with you as you go, even to the end of the age." So the The operative word of the Great Commission is to go. Fast forward to the birth of the church, Acts chapter 1, the words of Jesus. He said, I want you to go to Jerusalem and I want you to wait there until you are empowered by the Holy Spirit. And when you are, here's what's going to happen. You're going to be my witnesses first in Jerusalem or first in Walnut Creek and then in East Bay, uh, Judea, and then Samaria, whatever that line of ethnicity you need to cross, And then to the ends of the earth. So we see the outpouring of the Holy Spirit come on the day of Pentecost, and here's the thought. For all you Charismatics and Pentecostals, and we enjoy the power of the Holy Spirit, but it's not for our personal kind of enjoyment or a buzz or a rush or a good time in worship. The empowering of the Holy Spirit is for the purpose of moving out and mobilizing. There is a purpose for the power of God, and that's to reach some people. We got to get mobile in order to do it. Move forward a little more in Acts chapter 8, and here's what you'll see. When persecution hits the church, look at verse 4. The believers who were scattered preached the good news about Jesus wherever they went. The key was they went. And pressure and perilous times didn't shut the church down, didn't shut the church up. It simply mobilized him to reach some more people. And I'm hoping and praying that's true of you in Walnut Creek. So where did all this mobilization start? Let's rewind all the way back to a guy who earned the title, the father of all who believe. And that was Abraham. And in Genesis 12, look at this, verses one and four. The Lord said to Abram, go from your country, your people and your father's household to the land I'll show you. And I'll make you into a great nation and I will bless you. And right there, wherever you're at, would you read the bold with me? So Abraham went, okay? So Abraham went. That's the key to this whole thing of taking ground. Fast forward to Deuteronomy. We find Moses getting the same instructions from God. Deuteronomy 11. The Lord said, every place on which the sole of your foot treads shall become yours, no treading, no inheritance, no mobilization, no land is taken. Fast forward to his successor, Joshua, Joshua 1 3. Says I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. Fast forward a little bit more and we see Joshua now is going to take the children of God. They came out of Egypt. Now they're going into their inheritance. But there's a demarcation. There's a river and it's at flood stage. And as they cross the Jordan, they're going from their past to their future, from their bondage to their freedom, to survival in a wilderness, to the full inheritance. But they had to step into it. Now check this out in Joshua 3.15. During harvest time, the Jordan is at flood stage. It's running over at banks. But when the priest stepped, okay, you're a king and a priest unto God, it says in 1 Peter. And when the priests stepped up and they stepped into the river, something happened. The water above that point began backing up a great distance away. And so here again, motion, motion, steps, mobilization, all right? Now, the first city that they conquered uh, in the Canaan land or in their inheritance land would be what, you Bible folks? Jericho. Good answer. And what was the instruction for Jericho? God said, walk around the city one time a day, six days, on day seven, long day, seven times around the city. And when you do that, you're going to shout. And so you see it again and again. Here's, here's the key. Faith moves. Faith does. James said, faith without works is dead. And so we got to get mobilized. So how do I get from a place? Maybe you're feeling stuck today with the whole COVID thing and the immobilization and isolation, maybe in your spirit and in your journey, you feel like you just hit the wall and you're stuck. How do we get from where we are back in motion and mobilized again? And I want to show you uh, three things from an amazing battle scene and a real warrior uh, that God used in the Old Testament. He had a crazy army of 300 men and his name is Gideon. All right, so around 1150 BC, it was during this era of the judges in Israel. So Gideon is raised up, he's a military leader, uh, he's a judge and he's also a prophet, but he wasn't doing so well in his gifting. Now, listen. There's people watching right now on the stream or maybe gathered in a room together and you have a prophetic gift on your life or you have the gift of evangelism or you have the gift of leadership. But that gift has been immobilized because of circumstances. That's exactly what was happening to Gideon. And so the Lord comes to him. But there was this enemy. They're called the Midianites. Now, the Midianites, along with all their allies, this massive evil army, The Bible tells us that their army was so big, there was too many folks to count. Couldn't even count their camels and their horses. And they're coming against the Israelites, against the people of God. And these Midianites were so cruel, they would wait until the crops got full grown. And just before harvest, they would sweep in, steal the harvest, burn the rest of the crops, torture the people and roll out of town. And so the Israelites, they were, they were terrified. They were hiding in caves and holes in the ground. Anytime they heard, hey man, the Midianites are on their way. And here's where we find our hero at the front end of this story. Look at this in Judges chapter 6, verse 11. Gideon, son of Joash, was threshing wheat at the bottom of a wine press to hide the grain from the Midianites. Get this our mighty military leader has confined himself to this location right here. This will come on the screen. This is where Gideon is hanging out, pretty much just a small hole in the ground. That's no place to gather the harvest and thresh your wheat, all right? He's just immobilized and hiding in this hole. And I found something in my own life. And let me ask you if this is true. When you're dealing with fear, fear brings with it a paralysis, all right? When we stop trusting God and we start looking at our circumstances and sure, there's a lot of them around us this year, right? There's actually um, an immobilization that takes place when we get to focusing on all of our fears and the things that could take us out. And what we find is isolation, depression, Anxiety will actually bring us to a place of complete immobility. And there's a a raft of studies that are really um, revealing the effects of living in isolation, uh, both medically and psychologically. Uh, And I won't bore you with a bunch of minutiae, but let me give you two quotes to consider. This first one, this is Dr. Vivek Murthy, the former Surgeon General, who recently wrote, Isolation, loneliness, and weak social connections are associated with a reduction in lifespan similar to that caused by smoking 15 cigarettes a day, all right? Now, some doctors got together and they figured out one cigarette takes 11 minutes off of your life, all right? So being isolated has this kind of devastating effect, and I'm not trying to bust out anybody who's, who's smoking but just it's showing the dangers of living in isolation, which we've all been doing at some level for the last six months. One more, uh, a recent study found social isolation increases a person's risk of death by about 30%. So here's what's been happening. You know, our nation has been trying to flatten a pandemic curve and I get it and I understand all the arguments on both sides. And there's some questionable stuff. Either way, you try to slice all this up and you have your own opinion. But here's the deal. Contra Costa County definitely uh, at at a high level of trying to flatten this curve, which is great. But at the expense of a lot of other curves that are going way up into the right. And I get the phone calls and the counseling sessions and the research guys is coming back and things like depression off the chart in our nation in the last six months. Anxiety, domestic violence has almost doubled in the last six months. Mental illness, addiction, alcoholism, the alcohol sales in the last six months has gone through the roof in our nation and on and on it goes. Violence, teen suicide. So we flattened one curve at the expense of spiking a lot of other curves. Now, the goal of this message is this. We got to get moving. We got to get mobile. And and not just a jog outside or a trip to the lake but Mobilize to do the will of God, because here's what's going to happen. When you start taking some steps, making some phone calls, visiting some people, lifting up your voice outside, what you do in the physical as an act of obedience is going to release something in the spirit realm and in your soul. God wants to mobilize you in Jesus' name. Let me give you three things that happened to Gideon. I think it'll help you. Here's the first one. God faithfully comes to us in our isolation to remind us of who we are. God comes to us to remind us. Look at verse 12 of chapter six. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon and said, the Lord is with you, you mighty warrior. Think about this moment. This is a pre-incarnate revelation appearance of God, the son. That's, That's who showed up. So God, the son, shows up and declares, Gideon, you valiant, mighty man, you're a mighty warrior. And I'm sure Gideon is looking around, you know, like the, the original, are you talking to me? Are you, are you talking to me? Because I'm the only one here. Was that, was that Robert De Niro? Anyway, do your research. You can put it on the chat if I'm, if I'm wrong. But um, he, he's telling him, you're a mighty man of warrior. Now, a uh, mighty man of valor, a warrior. I want to remind you of who you are, all right? You're not who your fears and your depression say you are, or even this last season. The Bible tells us clearly title after title, but we need to own it. And I just want to say today, someone watching that you are a mighty man of God. You are a woman of faith. You've been called and anointed. You've got the Word of God in you. You've got a ministry in front of you. Let me remind you of who you are, just as the angel of the Lord reminded Gideon. So he shows up and and he gives him a strategy. And uh, as he gives him this strategy, how many of you know that when God speaks to you, shows up in your life, in your bedroom, in your prayer time, in your prayer closet, begins to reveal things to you, it builds faith in your heart, right? So Gideon's full of faith and God says, man, you're going to put together an army. You're going to go crush these crazy Midianites. So Gideon's like, let's go. So he steps out, rallies the warriors of Israel, and says, Who's with me? We're going after the Midianites, and 32,000 men show up. Now get this visual. Side of the hill, here's Gideon, he blows the shofar, they come running, and he declares, Here's what we're gonna do 32,000 warriors show up. And he goes, Okay, we're still outnumbered probably three to one, but with God's help and the word of the Lord, we're gonna do this. And God says, No, 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 way too many warriors. Way too many soldiers. If you win with this big of an army, you're going to get the credit and not me. So God gives him a pruning strategy. Gideon stands up and says, all right, here's what the Lord says. Any of you guys that are like afraid to go fight the Midianites, you can go home. And 22,000 of them are like, we out. (laughs) And his army goes from 32,000 down to 10,000 in one altar call, man. What are you thinking? Oh, great. I've got a third of my guys still got 10,000, but the Lord is with us. The Lord says, no, way too many still. And so after another pruning process, now it goes from 10,000 to what? The 300, the famous 300. Now I'm thinking, okay, I've got 300. This doesn't look good. We have a pure word of the Lord, but maybe if we surround the valley they're in and, you know, we got heavy artillery and semi-automatics, maybe we'll catch them in the middle of the night and they'll take off running. The Lord says, yeah, let me tell you your strategy of what you get to fight with. I want every man to have a horn, a clay jar and a torch. I'm sure Gideon's like, say what? Yeah, yeah, a shofar, a clay jar and a torch. Now, here's the second thing I want you to know about being a person of the spirit taking ground for God, getting out of, uh, you know, paralysis and the immobility back onto the playing field. Number two is this. God will give us a mobilizing strategy that will defy human reason. It's going to defy all your logic. You know, the Bible's clear. It says this, the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal. They're not from around here, they, they don't equate in a fleshly realm, but they are mighty through God to pulling down strongholds. For instance, praising God as a weapon, lifting up your voice and declaring His greatness in your home is a weapon. Laying hands on people and praying for them, that is a weapon, speaking the Word of God, things that make no sense. Tithing is a weapon to protect your finances, but the weapons of our warfare do not make rational sense to the carnal mind. And God says, okay, Gideon, here's your strategy. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to surround the the camp of the Midianites, get on the mountains in the middle of the night, spread the 300 out. Remember, they've got their trumpet or a shofar and they, they got the clay jar with the torch in it. Now, upon the count and when Gideon says, now's the time, I want the 300 men to lift up the shofar and blow it as hard as they can, right? How many of you guys ever heard a shofar in a worship service? I mean, one shofar just, Woo! they're deafening. Now, that's probably why they don't allow them at the worship service at the mission, you right. Um, but here's the deal. 300 shofars at one time. And then they break the clay pots and the torches are shining. And then God gets involved. Now the Spirit of God comes in, brings confusion on the camp, and these Midianites start killing each other, and it's a mighty victory. Listen, when we are saying, God, I'm willing to do what you say, He's going to give us some strategies to get unstuck that might defy your human reasoning. But here's the third thing. The power of God is activated when we mobilize in obedience. That's when it happens. It's, it's not activated through the prayer. It's not activated through the revelation. It's not activated until you get mobilized, until they took some steps, walked up that mountain, blew the trumpets, broke the jars, raised the torches. In the action comes the supernatural. One more example of this, which read 2 Chronicles chapter 5 for some homework. A guy named Jehoshaphat. And again, a massive army, he's overwhelmed. He calls the people to fast and pray, always a good idea. And in the fasting and prayer, God says, here's the strategy. I want you to send the worshipers unarmed out in front of a massive army, armed with nothing but a song. Think about how foolish this looked to the enemy. These guys come trembling out there and all they're doing is walking, probably timid at first, singing the Lord is good and His mercy endures forever. And the simple act of releasing a song released the supernatural power of God. You know, we've been doing some things here in our community and maybe Pastor will lead you guys into some of this, but... We've been prayer walking some streets and our worship teams and myself and some of our worship community taking some instruments and worshiping in public places. You know, not obnoxiously, you're trying to make a scene, just simply invading the space that the enemy is in where he keeps people captive and lifting up our voices. Maybe a prayer walk around your neighborhood or your place of employment, but in, in the action, in the stepping, that's when you begin to get free. Now, share one personal story with you, and then, and then I want to pray for you guys and, and pray for Walnut Creek and East Bay and what God's doing through your church. Uh, I know what this, this is all about on a personal level, as far as being paralyzed with fear and depression and anxiety. It was quite a few years back, the Father's house here was really growing. We we're like at multiple services over here in a shopping center and planting new churches. But I was going through a personal battle that was so brutal and so severe that fear and confusion were really gripping my mind. I mean, I'd get up like preach on Sunday, people come to Jesus, then I would go get in my car and just be completely riddled with fear and anxiety. And it was all, you know, to trace it back, some issues I hadn't dealt with in my past, some trauma I'd gone through in life and family and ministry, and never really sorted it out. So God's using me, but I got some undealt with business that's trying to take me out. It got so bad that I remember I would leave the office, I'd get in my car to go get some lunch, right? Take a lunch break. and. I couldn't figure out where to go. I couldn't make a simple decision about, you know, in and out or this restaurant or tacos today. I would just drive around and couldn't make a simple decision. I drive around about 20 minutes and wind up back at the office. During this time, I, I got so paralyzed and immobile that I lost my song. You know, I used to sing quite a bit and sing anywhere, and that's kind of my weapon, is just being a worshiper. Um, and I remember this: I my youngest daughter's pretty young at the time. And, I came home and she looked at me, just the most random moment. She looks at me, she says, Dad, she said, "Uh, why don't you sing anymore? And it just it was like a sucker punch to the gut. It was God using the voice of, of a child, right, to get my full attention. And I remember that moment I walked in my bedroom. At first I just wept and I thought, wow, the paralysis has caused me to be immobile to the point that I've lost my song. And now the enemy's trying to take me out. Now, the way I got out of it, listen closely. I didn't go to some miracle meeting with a big shot evangelist laying his hands on me. There, there was no, you know, series of 15 counseling sessions. And I believe in counseling. But here's what God said. I just want you to pick up your guitar and begin to worship again. And so I did. Remember that psalm that says they they hung their harps on the willows when they were in Babylon. So the children of Israel are like, yeah, we're putting the guitars away. We can't sing God's praise in this strange land of bondage. But I got my guitar down out of the tree, so to speak, and I started worshiping just a simple song. And Here's what happened. Every time I'd worship, the breath of God would come. I'd have this moment of clarity, worship a little bit more. And and I I learned something that I already knew, but now it's personalized. Now it's my journey. I'm learning in this moment. God has given me a strategy to walk out of this place of immobilization and get back in the fight and be able to lead the church and lead my family and be the man of God I was called to be. But I had to take some action steps. And I'm telling you, maybe for you today, Maybe your action step is simply to start giving or tithing or serving with the community or get in a small group and pick up the phone. It could be a plethora of things, but I guarantee you it's going to be biblical, it's going to be simple, and it's going to be something you're not doing right now. So I want to give you uh, four words before I pray for you and write these down if you're a note taker. Here they are, recognize, remember, identify and step. Recognize, remember, identify and step. And here it is. Recognize any immobility in your life. Just look at your spirit, your soul, your situation and say, oh, yeah, I used to be mobile in that area. You know, some of you used to share your faith. You quit doing it. Some of you used to raise your hands and worship and lift your voice up high. and You've tapered that back. Some of you, you used to be in the Word every morning and now the Bible's closed. But recognize any immobility. And then the second thing is just remember who you are. Remember the call of God on your life. Remember what Jesus has done for you. Remember that it's bigger than us going through 2020. This is about eternity and thousands and tens of thousands of people in East Bay that God is going to lead to Himself through Mission Church and He's going to use you to accomplish it. So recognize it and then remember who you are. Make some declarations, write them down, get the Word. I'm above and not beneath. I'm the head and the tail, all that stuff. I, I'm, I'm a man of God. I'm anointed to do this stuff. And then identify your God given strategy. Now that might take some quiet time, some reflective time, some journaling, some time in the Word. But God will give you a personalized strategy to get mobilized again. And then the last thing is this you got to step, you got to step up, you got to step out, just like those, those Levites into the Jordan River. So recognize, remember, identify and step. God wants to mobilize your life right now. And uh, I want to pray for you personally and uh, pray for the church. I know you can get prayer right there in the chat and let us know if there's a way we can pray for you. Let me speak this over your life right now. Father, in Jesus name. I pray for everyone who's tapped into this stream and listening today, that You would meet with them and customize and personalize this Word. Father, I pray that they would recognize any immobility, that they would remember who they are in You. God, that You would uh, uh, begin to show them their personalized strategy of how to move forward. And the Lord, give us the faith and the courage to step out. Lord, if there's anybody uh, listening right now and they're away from God, I pray, Holy Spirit, You would draw them Listen, if you're watching the stream or someone invited you and you tapped in and and you don't know the Lord, you're not walking with the Lord, I want to invite you today to make that step. It's as simple as believing in your heart that Jesus is the Son of God, Romans 10, 9 and 10, and confessing, Jesus, I need a Savior, I need some help. And if that's you today, let me invite you to do that right now. Simply just say, Jesus, I, I know I can't make it on my own, or maybe you used to walk with God and you walked away. You need to recommit your life right now. I want to invite you, take this moment, simply say, Jesus, fill my heart, forgive me of my past. I want to follow You, be my Savior and Lord. And as you do that, even now, the Spirit of God is going to wrap His arms around you. You're going to have this this witness in your heart that that just happened. (laughs) And you will be a son, you will be a daughter. Bible says He writes our name in the book of life and we become one of His. If you're making that step, hey, make sure you contact the team here and we'd love to pray with you, get you going on your journey of faith. Well, I hope you received something from this today. Hey, what do you say we get mobilized? We love you, Mission Church. Love you, Pastor Tyler and Rachel. Hope to be with you guys in person, live, in the real, in the months up ahead. Uh, God bless. See you soon.